we have a couple girls going to go to Oklahoma tomorrow morning uh, in a covered wagon. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna we're gonna um, gonna miss them for a little while. Amen. Look, everybody have a Bible. Let's take our Bibles now this morning, and let's go way back to the end of the the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, in chapter twenty four. There's a wonderful little story here how Jesus, after he raised was risen from the grave, uh, he wanted to assure his disciples and give them uh, some encouragement and some more teaching and let them know that he was alive. And uh, he referred to the scriptures, and that is what our focus is today, that our scriptures are not man-made, they, they come from God. The Bible is not a man-made book. It's a, uh, a man, uh, I guess you could say, written. Uh, it, was, it was like a secretary would take a dictation from the boss and write a letter. If I, was, um, uh, if I had a corporation or something and I had a secretary and I said, take down this word uh, and write this and uh, then I'll sign it and you send it to the other business and so she would not be the author of the of the letter is that right I, I would be the author of the letter but she would actually be the one that penned it and that's uh, pretty close to what we have in the Bible uh, now it, it was in the writing in the handwriting of the the apostles but in the early days of scripture the, the one who actually wrote down the scripture was God himself. On the mountain of Sinai, with his finger, he etched and carved into tablets of stone with his own finger the Ten Commandments on, on tables of stone. We believe there was two tables because the plural of table is tables or tablets, tables and uh, on both sides. So we believe in the Bible, that's all we have to go by, that God actually wrote down the Ten Commandments. But in so doing, there was a lot of other things that needed to be written down. And Moses on the mountain, with just he and God, he, Moses actually wrote down in a book more of the law. So you notice that the law in uh, Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you notice the law is quite lengthy, don't you? And so we don't believe that, um, that, that that was just on two tables of stone. We believe that the tables of stone that Moses broke on the mountain was actually the Ten Commandments. But then in addition to that, we'll see in Scripture that Moses wrote down the book of the law, and he passed that book down to Joshua. In fact, Joshua verse one or chapter one verse eight says, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success." So. This morning, I want you to understand today that we don't have a man-made book. We have a God-given book. And this is called Scripture. 
Now, not all a religious writing could be called scripture. We, uh, we don't believe that the Book of Mormon is called scripture. We believe that's, that's not has anything to do with scripture. There are other books. For instance, the Quran. We don't believe that's scripture. We believe it's a religious writing, but we don't believe it came from God. Now, I know that's controversial, but the truth is that before all these other so-called religious books came, we have Moses on the mountain, and he had the authenticated, authoritative words of God that were written down, and that's where it all began right there, and that's way back in the book of Exodus. So we have in, in, in per perpetuity and in preservation and in inspiration, we don't just have a religious book, folks. We have what the Bible calls is the Holy Scriptures. And these were preserved all the way from the beginning when they were given to man. So it is a controversial issue, isn't it? Would, would you agree that religion is quite controversial in this world? They're, they're fighting over it, and people are so strong. Uh, one group believes one thing really strong enough to, to, to actually take another person's life over it. Other people believe so strongly that what they believe is true, that they're willing to uh, die for it and take another person's life. They're willing to fight. This is a very serious matter, but I will say to you this morning that we have what the authenticative, uh, authoritative word of God, and, and here's how you prove it. You match it all up, and you take the Holy Scriptures, and you find out all that you can about the Holy Scriptures, and then you find out all you can about the other Scriptures that people call Scripture. When did it come? How did it come? Who gave it? What person wrote it down? And, and then you look at the proof of the Scriptures, and you say, what's the fruit of those religious writings? If you look at the fruit of the religious writings in the world today, you find out this, this book right here has the best fruit in the whole wide world. This has the most love that man has ever heard about. You take the scriptures that we have and match them up against any religious writing in the world, and it's like other, other books will be teacups and thimbles, and uh, this would be uh, Niagara Falls. <laughs> you know, this, this is what we need. And God said, uh, so much about the scriptures and then Jesus actually he uh, referred to the scriptures himself in fact the Bible tells us that when Jesus came and walked the earth he obeyed the scriptures that he wrote he obeyed the scriptures that he was supposed to follow in fact nobody in this world has ever followed the scriptures exactly perfect nobody except for Jesus Christ he kept all scripture, all law, all. He fulfilled every period, every T, every comma, every punctuation mark, every sentence. He, he fulfilled every single thing that God ever told us to do, and none of us can claim that. How many, how many in this room, you can honestly say, you are the closest thing to perfection that the world's ever known? I don't, I don't think anybody's got that courage. How many, how, have you ever heard this statement? Oh, those that, those that think they're perfect are so, so irritating to those of us who are. 
Uh, but no, we none of us are perfect. Is that right? Nobody's ever uh, done all. Hey, how many of you can this morning, you don't have to uh, raise your hand, of course, but how many of you can quote all Ten Commandments? That's a hard thing to do. You know why? Because we're not thinking about them. Not only did Jesus not only write the Ten Commandments, but he kept them. Now, how in the world can people keep the Ten Commandments when they don't even remember what they are? I'm ashamed of myself when I try to tell the Ten Commandments because I get stuck on a couple of them. Now, if you want me to, I'll give it a show. I'll give it a try. Would you like me to? I don't want to. No, but I'll, I'll try. All right, thou, thou shalt, uh, you count them. I'll see if we can get them. Uh, thou, uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? Uh, honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, keep the Sabbath. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt, uh, I got, what, I got five? Six? Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. Um, thou, thou shalt not steal. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting stuck. Come on. Oh, that, that, okay, help me. Oh, yeah, that, that's obvious. Yeah. That, thou shalt not kill. Of course. Okay, what do I have, nine or eight? Huh? Nine? I'm missing one. I, I said that. Keep the Sabbath. Come on, help me. We're in church today. Come on. Yeah, that, that's right. That's obvious. Thou shalt, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Now, you know, I struggled with that because it's not always on my mind. And uh, I hope you'll forgive me. Some, uh, but you know, I, I don't. That's why I didn't ask you to come up here and do it <laughs> because it's hard. Now let's go. Let's go and let's let's talk about all the other laws. Uh oh, we are in bad trouble, aren't we? How many remembered all the laws of the Bible already? Just all of them. Okay, we almost got ten down, didn't we? But you know, there's laws about every walk of life in the Bible. And the Bible says it's called Scripture. And do you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to live our lives by the Scriptures. And people that make bad mistakes in their life, you know what happens when they have their life falls apart and things go wrong? Marriages will bust up and kids just go crazy and they're... Finances are all in ruin. Uh, their relationships with each other go crazy. Uh, there's all kinds of drama in the world. Um, they uh, Businesses completely fall apart sometimes. And most of the life's problems that we have is due to a lack of knowledge about what God actually said. Now, if you go back and you say, all right, uh, I'm going to try my best to look into the Bible and find out what God said to do, and uh, then I'm going to live my life by what He said, and then see how things go. And guess what happened to me? My whole life got better. Now, I've, I've got a little uh, head start on most people. I got saved when I was 17 years old. I wish I had some of those years back. To, to redo or do over or to change, but I, I can't. I got saved when I was 17. And I decided right then 
that I'd start to live my life by what God said. And so I prayed, I asked God to help me and cleanse me. I, I really did want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I really did want to get to know him. I really, in my heart, I wanted to have my life count for Jesus. And I, I just didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know where to go. But through the years, I've found out that the Lord keeps pointing us all back to the Bible. And, and there are wonderful truths and gems and, and fantastic diamonds and rubies and gold and emeralds and, and, and water and bread and all the things you need. There's light coming out of the Bible. So I began to realize that if I was going to have a good life, I had better uh, pay attention to what the Scripture said. So this morning, I want to challenge you to uh, think of your Bible is not so much as just a book anymore, but a source of life, a source of joy and happiness and love and kindness and victory and success in your life. Because if you do, what will happen is you will begin to change the way you live. Now, for instance, um, uh, I used to smoke cigarettes, and I'm not proud of that, and I'm sorry I did it. But I, I didn't know it was wrong. I had no idea it was wrong. My family all smoked cigarettes. I didn't know it was wrong. In fact, the first time I got caught smoking cigarettes was I was four years old. I said I was four. Not too many people believe that, but it's true. And then I got in real bad trouble. And you're looking at me and you're thinking, where were your parents? Well, they didn't know about it. <laughs> if they'd have known about it, they wouldn't have let me do it. So I snuck around. and I, But where did I get the idea? I had no idea it was wrong. I didn't know. Everybody in my family smoked cigarettes. My dad, my mom, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, all that. I, they all smoked cigarettes. Not my brothers and sisters. I was four years old. Anyway, uh, but you understand then I needed to find out who was going to tell me how it but you won't find cigarettes in the Bible. You won't find smoking cigarettes in the Bible. You can't find it there. How do you know what, it, what tells us that we shouldn't do that and other things, you know? How do you know? How, how do you guide yourself through life? Well, I found out later it was wrong. First of all, just because my mom and dad told me it was wrong. Second was because I wasn't 18. And I thought, what's the difference between the last day of your 17th year and the first day of your 18th year? I couldn't figure out why. Anyway, I found out it wasn't really just mom and dad. What it was is uh, it's not right because God wants you to protect your body from evil things that destroy your body. Right? Everybody with me? So you had to find out somewhere the principle of, of, of good behaviors in the Bible. So the scriptures tell us how to live. The scriptures tell us how to handle your finances, what to do with them. The scriptures tell us how to uh, entertain yourself and how to have joy. The scriptures in the Bible tell us what's wrong and what's right. And if we decide to live our lives by the Bible, then, then we'll have joy and happiness and good success. And uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll just enjoy life. Now let's look at Luke chapter 24 because 
is if you think that everybody that uh, was associated with Jesus just knew everything off the bat and all together, you will be mistaken because they they had to struggle too. The apostles, they, they had to understand that they needed the scriptures in their life. Let's look now at chapter 24, verse 27. Uh, chapter 24, verse 27. So Jesus raised from the grave. He walked among men. But now he did something special. There was a couple of men going to Emmaus, and uh, uh, they were walking on a road, and Jesus came up, and they didn't know who he was. And he came up and walked with them. This is exciting. Look at verse um, 27. It says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, that's Jesus, expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now wait, do you know what Jesus did? He told them about the scriptures and taught them about himself without them knowing who he was. A stranger comes up to these men and they said, have you heard about all the things that have happened? And Jesus says, what things are you talking about? And uh, they, oh, well, they, they explained that, that uh, Jesus, um, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. So Jesus, the third day after Jesus was crucified, he rose again. But now he's walking and talking with two men, and they don't know who he is. And he's keeping it from them. And now he says, what, what things are you talking about? And they said, well, you haven't heard? And then, and then he said, now, I'm going to explain something to you. Let me see that Bible. So that's what's happening here. He expounded unto them about the prophets. That's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all that. And he expounded unto them all the what? Verse 27, read that word. What's it say? All the what? Scriptures. Now, that's an important word because Jesus took their Bible and, and explained to them out of the Bible about himself, and they didn't even know who he was. And so they, he told them about Jesus, and it was he who was talking to them. Verse 28 says, And they drew nigh unto the village, whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. So wherever they went, Jesus went inside, and he stayed with them for a while. And all the time, they didn't know who he was. Verse 30, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. They were having dinner or supper. Jesus broke the bread. He prayed for the bread and he handed the bread to them. Right? They're inside the building, wherever it was. They still don't know it's Jesus. And he's just, he's just explaining and living right before them. Now, look at verse 31 now. Verse 31 says, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Now, Jesus had the power to appear 
and disappear. But notice right after he broke the bread and gave it to the disciples, they knew him. Now, I can't prove what I'm about to say, but I think maybe when they took the bread out of his hand, maybe then they saw the scars. I don't know. It's possible. So I'm not going to make a doctrine out of it, but I think it might be possible. But at any rate, he disappeared right away. What happened later is what we're talking about this morning, and that is the Scriptures. It says in verse 32, if you'll follow with me in your Bible, uh, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scriptures? Have you ever had a time in your life when the Bible meant more to you than anything in the world? Have you ever had a time when the Word of God gripped your heart and just did something to you miraculously? That's what the Scriptures are for. We, we don't read the newspaper and the horoscope and Ann Landers and Whatever else the the gurus have, I don't know. Uh, oh, I can't. I'm glad I can't remember all their names. But you know, we don't call up somebody or read the newspaper to find out what what our life is supposed to be like. You know, we get it from the scriptures. We get it from the scriptures, and uh, I'm glad for that because everybody ought to have their own uh, copy of of the scriptures. So let's go on. Let's go on because this gets better now. So they said, our hearts were burning within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Now let's go to verse number 44. And uh, Jesus said unto them, these are the words which I uh, spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms according, uh, concerning me. And verse 45, it says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. You know why people don't understand the Bible? Can I tell you this? All right. Let's just say, let's just say this hymn book is filled with stories. And it is. Every hymn has a story to it. Now, there are books that uh, explain the details behind the writings of all these hymns. And it's a fascinating book. I have two in my office. One's called 101 Hymn Stories. There, um, there are stories behind the words. Uh, there's a story behind the national anthem, right? The Francis, or Star Spangled Banner, Francis Scott Key. Now, if you, if you just read the story, if you read the song, it won't mean as much to you until you get to know the story behind the song and then you realize that Francis Scott Key and all, uh, he saw the flag flying, and it, it just grips your heart. It's the same way with the Bible. But the reason is because we don't we don't know the author. So if you have a if you have a novel or some kind of a book, uh, and you read the book, you're going to get so much out of it. But if you spent time with the author of that novel, and you got to spend time with that person for for three years and you got to know how they live and how they work and, and then when you read the novel guess what you're going to have a better 
a love for that novel, you're going to have a better understanding. And the reason is because you know the author. That's the thing about the Bible. People don't know the Bible. They don't read the Bible. They don't care about the Bible because they don't know the author of the Bible. And that's a shame for our country. It's a shame for anybody not to know the author. I thought I knew a little bit about the Bible until I started reading it. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, I asked my parents, hey, uh, what about the Ten Commandments? And so about the only thing we ever did, we had a Bible up in the closet, you know, where your shoes and stuff go up above your clothes, up the, the high shelf of the closet. That's where the Bible was located at our house. It was tucked away and hidden. And I had one question, and, and finally, uh, we got the Bible out. And what if we, we found out the answer to my question had something about the Ten Commandments in it? Anyway, the Bible got put back on the shelf, and that's it. Now, the reason I didn't know much about the Bible is because I hadn't read it. But when I did start to read it, I started getting to know the author. And even, even then, I didn't really know him until I got saved. So you can hear and you can, you can understand that there's a, there's a controversy about what God said. But until you get to know the author, then you really won't know what the book is about. But if you have the author of the Bible in your heart and you read the Bible, and then you can understand it better because you know the author of it and you commune with him, it's wonderful. So uh, I, want, I want to praise God. I've been saved for over 45 years, and uh, I still have so much to learn. But I've, been, I've made a decision in my life a long time ago. I'm going to get into the scriptures, and I'm not going to stop until I... Uh, get all the understanding I can. And then, uh, of course, the Lord called me into the ministry. But I don't expect everybody to pastor a church. I don't expect everybody but, uh, to, to go to Bible college. I don't expect every. I've never put that on my children. I, I've never told my children, you're going to be in the ministry and you're going to go to Bible college and you're going you're gonna to suffer, uh, you're going to get busy and you're going to serve God. I, I've never put that on my children. But uh, I have put it on myself. I want to serve God. I want the Bible in my life. But I've never put that really harsh, strict, you will do this on, on my kids because I want, I want it to be their choice. And I want it to be your choice too. But I want you to know something, that every time I've made a decision about obeying Scripture, it's always come out for the better. It's always benefited my life. Now, you, you, I want you to see something else. Um, it, it's amazing to see the world's reaction to the scriptures. Scriptures are the words of God given to man in man's language. That's, that's what happened. God, uh, he, he didn't require you to learn Greek and Hebrew. If you did, uh, my, my goodness, it would be that much more harder to understand. <laughs> aren't you glad you have the Bible, uh, the scriptures in English? Aren't you glad for that? Because that's what the language we speak. It's in every language in the world. Now, God gave his scriptures to Moses in a strict, powerful way. He, 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 hand, he hand wrote them. And then in, in Hebrew, uh, look with me, me, please, in Exodus chapter 24, because I'm already running out of time. Exodus 24. Let's have, a, let's have a time now this morning where we all turn into these scriptures. And I want you to see it for yourself. 
how powerful it is. On Mount Sinai, way up in the desert, uh, God called Moses way up on the mountain, and he said, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you uh, the law. Uh, and this was very powerful. So we turn now to verse 3 and uh, chapter 24 of Exodus, verse number 3. And Moses came and told the, peop uh, the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord hath said we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. So you see that God gave the commandments, but then Moses wrote them down, all the law, put it in a book. So he, he said, uh, let's look now also uh, verse 7. And he, Moses, he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the book or took, took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Now, this was not just a fiery, wild uh, uh, episode up on a mountain. This was very, very holy. This is pure. Look down with me, verse number 9. And uh, it says, Then went up Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet as it were a paved work, uh, some kind of paving of sapphire stone, and as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. So this is not something that we can lightly esteem. This was incredible. This was holy and pure. God gave his law, and Moses wrote it down. Now, why did God do that? He wants us to live by his word. Hey, kids, you do better if you live by the word of God. Hey, young people, you're going to do a lot better if you just do what God said. You know what he said, you do what he said, and you'll, you'll be fine. Um, let's look now at Exodus chapter 31 and verse 18. You might be copying these uh, numbers down where you can look at it later, but in, in chapter 31, verse 18, here's where we find that God actually wrote with his own finger on those tablets of stone. Uh, so let's go to verse number 18. Uh, now it says, excuse me, oh yeah. Uh, and uh, it says, and he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone. Now, the last phrase in that says, written with the finger of God. That's Jesus. He wrote down the Bible. He wrote it with his finger on tables of stone. What happened? Moses went down to the, uh, from communing with God, he went down to the people, and thousands of them were partying and screaming 
and drunken and naked. They were they were they were just full of Egyptian, um, I guess you could say, uh, character and e Egyptian lifestyle, and they didn't have any faith, and they were worshiping a cow, a big gold calf, and they were idolatrous. Moses came down, he saw him, and he heard this. This sounds like war. And when he realized what was happening, he just threw the table, the tablets of stone on the ground and broke them. Now, that doesn't mean that the word of God's lost. Because guess what God did? He rewrote them. And they were the same as the, as the first. Now, that tells me something. The preservation of the word of God is something that Jesus actually taught us about. He went into the synagogue where he was raised in Nazareth. You know what he did? He always, as it was his custom, he got up to read in church. In, in the synagogue, they would have somebody read the scriptures. Jesus read the scriptures, and he read them out loud as he was standing up. It was his custom. And you know, Jesus Christ asked the rabbi or the, the, the leader of the synagogue for the book of Isaiah. Now, do you think that was the actual only one book of Isaiah? I don't think so. I think it was a copy. I think it was a scriptural copy of a copy of a copy of a copy because there was too many synagogues back then to just share one book every Sabbath day. They, they couldn't do that. One, one synagogue wouldn't have the Bible, wouldn't have the scriptures, uh, several, but only, only one synagogue would have the only book of Isaiah. They didn't pass one book around. They had a copy of the book of Isaiah. Now, it's, a, it's the same thing um, in, in, uh, in, in the days when uh, Jesus came to John at the island of Patmos, and he said, what you see, in a, I want you to write it down in a book. Let's go to Revelation, okay? Let's turn it. We're running out of time. Let's go to Revelation chapter number 1, and I want to show you that your Bible is not just a, a fancy little religious book. It's Scripture. It's preserved. It's it's holy and pure, and I want to I want to tell you before we go today why it's so important. <coughs> Look at Revelation chapter number one, verse number nine. Now your Bible is written, as I said, by men, uh, forty different authors. Took them sixteen hundred years to actually finish it all, uh, and then uh, and they were all Jewish authors. Uh, They're all Jewish penmen. But, you know, they all agreed with each other. How do you get Jews to agree with politics, religion, and history? <laughs> That's hard to do. Get, get two to agree. How about 40 to agree? This is a miracle book. They all agreed, and they all con didn't contradict each other. And over the space of 1,600 years, so you see, you have a miracle book. All right, let's look at verse number 9. So we have the apostle John. Um, he's he's going to write the revelation here. And in verse 9 it says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle uh, that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was in exile. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, this is Jesus, 
I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, what's it say? Write in a book. That's the key this morning. Write in a book and send it. It says, send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Now, there are seven churches, right? Did they only have just one book that they passed around? That, 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 that doesn't make biblical sense because Jesus used a copy and Moses wrote in a book. And by the way, he, was, he instructed every king of Israel was supposed to write their own copy of, of the word of God. Now you have Jesus telling John, what you see, write in a book, send it to the seven churches. Now, watch it now closely, pay close attention. That was the only book there was. That was the only version of the Word of God there was. There wasn't any other version. There weren't any NIV. There wasn't New American Standard. There wasn't the English Bible. There wasn't the, uh, the, the Bhagavad Gita. There wasn't any other. Wasn't, there wasn't the, um, uh, the Book of Mormon. There wasn't the Koran. There was nothing else. No other book in history but that Bible right there. And that's what God said. I want you to, what you see, write down in a book. Now, men have said, well, that's wrong, and this is wrong, and this is changing. Father, we don't say that anymore. We don't talk like that. We don't talk like this. That word's wrong. That word's wrong. This way's wrong. He didn't really do that. Jesus didn't mean this. And, and so that's why you have so many different Bibles in the in the world today. It's it's the devil trying to confuse everybody. But if you look at the Bible, it, it actually uh, it, it actually supports itself. It's the only book that supports itself. I, I got one guy really got mad at me one time. He said, "How do you know the Bible is true?" And I said, "Because the Bible says it's true." And he just got angry with me. He said, "You are so stupid." I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't, you can't use that kind of logic. You can't say that the Bible's the Word of God because it says it's the Word of God. You can't say it's right because it says it's right. <laughs> well, like, again, guess what? I know the author. Do you know the author of the Bible? His name is Jesus. Now, it's so beautiful. Now, why is Scripture so important? And here's the end. You can close your Bible. I, I, I've run out of time. I want to tell you why it's so important. Because this is the only book in the world, this is the only scripture in the world that tells you how to have eternal life and have all of your sins forgiven and go to heaven. It's the only, it's the only, God, God gave the only story in the whole wide world. It's, it's, the, it's the beautiful backbone of the Bible is the gospel. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the backbone of the Bible. And in that gospel, it shares with mankind. doesn't matter what race you are. doesn't matter what you've done. I don't care uh, what kind of sins anybody has ever committed. Uh, Jesus saves to the uttermost all that call upon him. There's nobody that he's ever said, no, I don't want to save you. I'm going to save your neighbor, but I'm not going to save you. 
He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you have to have the right Lord, and you have to have the right Jesus, and you have to have Him. And the beautiful story that He gave us is in Scripture. Now, can you imagine what this world would be like if we didn't have the Word of God? Tell me what this world would be like if we didn't have any words from God. It would be horrible. In fact, I think it would be just like before the days of Noah, don't you? I mean, in the days of Noah, the imagination of man's heart was so evil that the full thought of his only heart, all of his imagination was only evil continually. And God saw that the wickedness in the earth was so great that he had to wipe it all out and start the whole human race over again with, ju with, with just Noah and, and his family. And, you know, we know that because the Bible tells us. Now, th this morning, I want you to know something. Uh, you, can, you can fix every single problem in your life, and there's nothing that you can't overcome with God's help and God's word. If I don't get, you say, well, what about people that are handicapped and can't walk? That's not a problem if they know the Lord. That's no longer a problem. In fact, he, he says, I've got something special for everybody that trusts me. I'm really glad I trusted the Lord. I'm really glad we have scripture, aren't you? We have such wonderful scripture. Now, salvation is simple. It's clear. It's beautiful. It's easy. It's uh, elementary, I must say. It's easy for children. And so the scriptures is not just on that level either. I want you to know something. How many have ever uh, got any kind of college uh, classes? You've taken any college classes. Anybody ever taken any college classes? All right. How many would uh, would think that uh, you're, you're on your way to being a, um, uh, a nuclear physicist, a scientist? How many think you'd have no problem getting through MIT with a, with a doctorate in advanced computer engineering? A molecular structure and uh, biological chemistry. Uh, how about just just name it? <laughs> you know the Bible is so deep and so wonderful that I don't care how important or how educated anybody is. This Bible is deeper than than anybody can can go down into the depths of knowledge. It is so deep um, you can't you can't get to the bottom of it. And it's so simple that it, it, it covers every boy and girl in the world. It covers every person, no matter. Hey, did you know? I'm going to say this. It's true. Einstein. Anybody heard that name before? Did you know Albert Einstein was a believer in Jesus Christ? And I wonder where he got all of his uh, E equals MC squared. If you've got that figured out, help me. I don't know what that means. Uh, the other day, I think yesterday, I took the kids to uh, the uh, summit, the trampoline park, and uh, the kids, the, the car was full of young guys. You know, I think there was four of us, five of us. I'm young, too. And uh, he, we were talking about pi, pi r squared. And the only thing I know about pi, pi it's uh, you, you figure out the, the area of a circle. And we were talking about it, and I said, pi, pi, aren't, pi aren't square, pi are round. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't laugh because they heard it again, you know, so have you. 
But then I said, uh, you know, I heard about somebody memorizing pi out to uh, like six or seven digits. And you know what? The guys in my car, Jack was one of them and his buddies, they started quoting 3.1451656087538753. And I thought, my goodness, I didn't get educated. I lost it somewhere. I don't care how educated a person can be. This Bible has, has, it's far above anybody that can climb the heights of Einstein's theories, of quantum theory. I don't know what the rest of it is. But I'm glad he came to me, a little kid in a trailer park. I'm glad he got a hold of my heart. Do the scriptures mean anything to you today? Has, has the scriptures burned into your heart like they said? Didn't, 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 didn't he, our hearts burn within us while he talked with us in the way, while he opened to us the scripture? I want, I want to excite you today. Our church needs revival. You need revival. We all need to get fired up and love God as much as possible. And it all starts with time getting to know the author of the book. I hope today that you've accepted him as your personal Savior. If you haven't, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm glad I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Let's bow our heads for prayer.